Hey everyone, it is brilliant to be with you today and I would love to open in a word of prayer before we get going. So, so let's pray together. Let's give God this time. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you are with us right now. I want to thank you that your presence is here. I want to thank you that you want to speak to us, that you want to encourage us, that you want to show us more of your heart. I thank you that you want to take us from where we are further on in you. I want to thank you that you are always working in our lives. And I pray that as we open up your word today, as we look at another epic theme in your story, that Heavenly Father, you would work. Holy Spirit, please touch us, challenge us, transform us, make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. Brilliant. So as we look at epic themes in God's story, part two, Ian did the water of life to kick it off last week. And this week, we want to look at the theme of the Sabbath rest. And so I thought, well, hey, why not uh, put up a beautiful picture from uh, Barry, part of uh, Harvest, um, a beautiful one that just shows to me rest and relaxation and refreshing. I thought, why not sit down as I sometimes do, which also maybe gives a bit of a picture of rest as we get stuck into this. Now, uh, at our house, there's a number of, some of you may have this, but we have a, a number of microjet systems. Helps conserve water, easiest way to water. And so uh, from the taps, you have some larger pipes. And then from those, you do this fancy little cutout thing and you plug in these other microjets at different places in the garden. Now, there was a few places of grass and flower beds that were away from the normal flower beds, then patches of grass and into the other flower bed that weren't getting touched by these microjets. So I decided I'm going to take on this project uh, myself. I'm not exactly the most handyman guy, asks Sarah. Uh, usually I usually have to ask other people for help in the process. But anyway, I thought, well, no, surely I'm able to do this. So let me try this process of reworking the whole pipe work. It's probably about, I don't know, 50 meters, maybe 30 30, just call it somewhere between 30 and 50 uh, meters of different pipe, some already dug under the ground, some not, to try and rework this to make sure it covers the whole uh, place that we needed to cover. So obviously it meant I had to take out all the pipe work, take it out from the plants that had grown over it, dig it up from some of the grass trenches where it was, lay it out in the garden, and then bit by bit I had to weave it uh, over the next sort of hour or a few hours until it covered everything. Redig new trenches in the grass, cover that over, get it to the other flower bed. And then I did the tester, put in a few extra microjets, did the tester, and thankfully now uh, all the areas that are supposed to be covered are covered. But the reason why I share that story is the amount of what I felt after completing it, what I felt in terms of rest, fullness, joy, just in something as small as that was amazing. To be able to sit back, uh, many of you who maybe it's um, from working on a, a hobby project, maybe it is a job that you're doing as a builder, or um, maybe it's a business uh, that you've been working on that finally has come to completion. When it finishes, there's this amazing sense of rest and, and completeness and fullness and satisfaction. That incredible feeling when you've completed a job and you've done it well. Well, that's just a tiny taster. What I experience, what you might experience when you, when you do a job and it's done well, is just a tiny little taster of what God experienced. He experienced it at infinite levels when he finished 
creating the earth. So in Genesis 1, you see God at work creating the world. There was darkness, there was disorder in many respects, so darkness and disorder. And as God creates, he brings light from the darkness and he brings order from the disorder. So he created for six days. And you see this, that every time it's mentioned in Genesis 1, um, it says there was morning, there was evening, this day. There was morning, there was evening, this day. And so, so it says that as we go from the different creating points that God does. But then day 7 comes and it is different to all of the rest. It's completely different. If we read this in Genesis 2 verses 1 to 3, look what it says. He's done creating. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So the seventh day, he, he made this holy, and you see it keeps repeating itself. It talks about work, it talks about rest, it talks about completing. So, so it's really the end of what God has done. And so there's no work on the seventh day. And what's more, there's no phrase you'll notice that says there was morning, there was evening, the seventh day. It's just left open. It's as if God is set and is bringing us into this part of the story to permanently enjoy what he had created. It was saying this work is done. Now I enter rest. I enter fullness. I enter completeness. Now he was completely complete at, at the start. But he, he says at the end of this creation, it's almost a time in, in, in this day seven where I enter rest, complete rest now and forevermore. A rest that never ends. No morning, no evening, a rest that's final. And so this rest occurring on the seventh day is very significant and it's significant for us living now. It uh, is called Shabbat or Sabbath and that literally means to rest. But the number seven also uses the same letters as the Hebrew word for full or for complete. You, you'll see so many different uh, similarities or uses when it comes to this number seven. Seven also has strong links to the Jewish calendar. Many different uh, feasts that they use would be seven days or seven years or seven times seven, 49, and the list can go on. In biblical scripture, events that happen in patterns of seven usually involve God saving or rescuing his people and moving them to a place of rest in him. So, so that's so interesting. You see so many stories in scripture as well. And for these reasons, the Jewish people celebrate this seventh day rest every week and why many other festivals that they celebrate are around the number seven. And the purpose of it all is to rest in God's presence and in a sense to mirror the perfection that we see in Genesis before the fall, before sin, to mirror this perfection that God demonstrates to us. You see, the sad thing is, is that whilst God started uh, it all with perfection, this unending completeness and fullness that God created for us, beginning with Adam and Eve, was broken. When they said, God, I know you've laid it out this way and you've asked us to live this way, but we're going to live this way. We're going to make our own calls instead of what you have said. And so as a result, they moved out of eternal fullness, completeness, rest, and they moved into a life that would be permeated, that would be full of toil, full of struggle, full of pain, 
full of frustration. But in spite of man doing this, in spite of Adam and Eve and then everyone beyond, including us, doing this, moving away from God's rest, God continues to draw us, to call us, to urge us to come towards Him and to the rest that He brings, to this place of completeness in Him. And whilst it can't happen in its fullness this side of eternity, we will all have sin, we'll all make bad choices, there is the mess of the world. So whilst this will never happen perfectly this side of eternity, in God, we can have a glimpse, we can have a taste, we can have an experience of this eternal rest as we prepare for the world that's to come where we will experience it. That's just God's goodness. God says, in spite of sin, in spite of the mess, I'm going to show mercy, I'm going to show grace, and I'm sure, still going to give you these glimpses, these opportunities to experience that in me. And so we even see in the story, some of you may know of the Israelites being rescued and freed from the Egyptians where they were slaves. And God takes them into the wilderness on their way to the promised land. He takes them into this and he tries to teach them in the wilderness that actually he is the one who provides rest rather than finding it in a place the promised land. And so during that time in the wilderness, he sets out some rules and regulations, some ways to live. He tells them about the Sabbath rest. He tells them uh, about it in, in, in the heart and, and in the care of wanting them to experience that in him. So he says on that seventh day, you guys should rest. It should be a time where you enjoy God's provision in your life and also to enjoy the world that he has created to help the Israelite people remember that God is the ultimate rest that they're longing for and they won't find it in anything else. And so the Israelites would, you see the story as we go on and on in this theme through scripture, you see the Israelites who follow God for a while and then they turn their own way like Adam and Eve did. And then they follow him for a while and then they turn their own way as Adam and Eve did. And so they never experience this true rest in him and it's repeated again and again and again and it's repeated in us as well again and again as we turn away from God as we come back to him and so in many respects it's God showing us that we'll never enter the Sabbath rest in our own strength we can never enter it by trying harder by doing more by um, by by serving more we'll never enter this rest this completeness this fullness by doing things by following regulations we'll always break those we'll always fail it'll only be in him in who he is and in many respects in that time and in old testament time what god was doing is he was pointing saying there's actually one coming i am coming jesus is coming and he will show you to an even greater extent what it means to find fullness completeness and rest and so actually when jesus arrives he starts his public ministry on you guessed it the sabbath he starts it on the Sabbath. And what's he trying to get across? He could have chosen any day. He's trying to get across the fact that I am actually the rest that you are looking for. I'm the fullness and completeness you're looking for. Look at what it says in Luke 4, verses 16 to 21. Let me get there quickly. Luke 4, um, not Luke 16. Luke 4, verses 16 to 21. This is what it says. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed upon him. What's he going to say next? And he says, and he began to say to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Powerful words. What was Jesus getting at as he shared that? Well, he was standing up and he was saying, everyone, I am the ultimate Sabbath. I am the rest you're after. I'm the completeness you're after. I'm the satisfaction that you are after. Just some of those phrases there where he says, um, proclaim good news to the poor, liberty to the captives, sight to the blind, those who are oppressed to be set free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's fullness. That's completeness. That's rest. And he was saying, that is what I have come to do. It's what he's coming to bring right now to you and to me. He wants to bring you rest. He wants to bring you hope. He wants to bring you freedom. He wants to bring order from the chaos of sin. He wants to show us the Lord's favor by what he did for us on the cross now and his favor for all eternity as we get to live with him forever. That's what he's wanting to show us now. Rest comes from him alone. In Matthew 12 verse 8, Jesus goes a little bit further and he says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. I am the Sabbath, rest. I am the rest. That is what I have come to do. He was saying, I'm the one who brings completeness and fullness. And just as God rested on the seventh day and enjoyed order from chaos, so Jesus comes to bring us order from chaos. All the chaos in our lives, the sin and the mess and the destruction in the world. He says, I come to bring you order out of that chaos for everyone who puts their trust in me. And today, if you don't know Jesus, Right now in your heart or at the end, you can approach someone at one of our sites. You can get in touch with a friend and you can say, Lord Jesus, please would you bring order from my chaos? Please would you save me? Please would you change me? Please would you give me complete and utter rest? And even in Jesus' death and resurrection, you'll notice that, that God ordained this, that it falls over the Sabbath and the start of a new week. So on the Sabbath, he was in the tomb. In a sense, he was resting. In a sense, uh, nothing was happening. His work had been done on earth and now he had died. But there was something coming. There was something more coming. And so on the eighth day, the start of a new week, as it were, the start of a new life, he rises from the dead. A new day for all mankind. Jesus rising again, an opportunity for us to move into the kingdom of light for all eternity. Do you see these amazing pictures that we get from work and rest? The amazing theme of the Sabbath that flows all the way through Scripture. So as we get towards the end, how should we treat the Sabbath as Christ follows? How should we treat this time of resting, of completeness as Christ follows? I have a few. Firstly, Sabbath rest, it's the sense of completeness in our lives it's not actually found in a day it's found in the person of Jesus Christ it's not found in following rules and regulations only Jesus it's why he says come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest he's saying everyone I am the new Sabbath rest it's not found in a day it's not found in rules and regulations it is found in me secondly Whilst it is found in a person, the person of Christ, there is a very important principle of setting aside each day, 
each, a day each week to reset, to refocus, to, to, to step back from the busyness of our lives, to think about God and what He has for us, what He's doing in the world, what He has lying ahead, to unplug. And this is a huge problem in our modern era. We are bombarded with the opportunity to fill our lives with busyness. It might be work, it might be email, it might be digital media, it might be friends, it might be travel. There's so many things that can prevent us from actually having a Sabbath rest, from actually having a time where we step back, where we unplug, where we experience God's goodness, where we fix our eyes on Him in a special way outside of the normal weekly rhythm. See, God works through order and not chaos. Busyness is often in our era worn as the sort of badge of honor. I'm just so busy. How's your week been? Oh, it's just been so busy. How's the year been? It's been so busy. But busyness does not mean effectiveness in God's kingdom. I'll say that again. Busyness does not mean effectiveness in God's kingdom. We need to slow down We need to allow ourselves to hear God's voice and taking time out on a day to really do that is important. It's important for us. It's important for our marriages. It's important for our families. It's important for the health of God's church. We need to set aside these times. Number three, Sabbath rest helps us recognize Jesus as Savior and Lord of our lives. It helps us to recognize that He is actually our provider. He is actually in control. So often, maybe if finances are difficult, if things in life are difficult, you sort of are tempted to go, I don't need a rest. I shouldn't have a rest. I need to be working. I need to work seven days a week. I've got to do everything I can to produce and provide. Can I tell you the best decision you could ever make is if you say, God, I'm going to take a day out. I'm going to celebrate what you've done. It doesn't matter if things are difficult. It doesn't matter if we have a lot in the, don't have a lot in the bank account. Take this time out. I'm going to recognize you as my provider, you as my supernatural provider, and I trust you. Can I tell you, if you make that decision, you'll be astounded at the way God provides in those other six days. You'll be astounded at what God does in that time, how he provides in all manner of ways, financially, relationally, peace in your life. You'll be astounded if you take his Sabbath rest as a priority. By resting in him, we're actually saying to him that he is king. What a great place to live. Fourthly, Sabbath rest is not just about relaxing. It's not just about taking time out, going for a jaw. Those are great things, but it's more than that. Sabbath rest, it's about being aware of God. It's about making Him the focus of our thoughts, the focus of our conversations, the focus of our hangouts. So it's a little bit more than just resting, just watching rugby, just having a braai. It's ensuring, just like every day, that we have this awareness of Him. The fifth one, the actual day is not important, but having a day is. Why do I say that? Well, for example, maybe you are a doctor in the ER. Maybe Sunday is the day that you have to work at certain times. Maybe you have a different career where Sunday is a work day for you, but you have another rest day. That's okay, but we do need to have a rest day. I know a number of different churches, maybe in Dubai, maybe churches uh, in different parts of the world. Um, I even know friends uh, in in, in America where there's a church on uh, Saturday. Others might be different days of the week. Why? Because the cultural system in that country works differently. So the day is, is not the problem, whether it's a Saturday, whether it's a Sunday, whether it's a Wednesday. But is it a Sabbath rest for you? Is it a time where you achieve what God wants you to achieve in that process, where you want to rest and find completeness in Him? So for us, Sundays works brilliantly where we are in Zimbabwe 
But for some of you working here, maybe Sundays is a work day for you. Maybe it's a work day for you and there's another day for you to rest. That's also okay. So it's not that the exact day of the week is important, but a day is very important. The sixth one, there's flexibility. You know, Jesus got in trouble for doing things on the Sabbath. The religious leaders were like, hey, what are you doing? You're supposed to be lying down and not doing anything. But Jesus did it anyway. Why? Because sometimes there's things that are more important and it's realizing that here's our rest. So maybe something happens in a week. Maybe you have my time of busy holidays. We had camps that were seven days or back to back that would happen over a Sunday because they had to happen. So does that mean for me, uh, there's something a huge problem because, because my Sunday's been different and I've rested another time? No, there's seasons in our lives. There's emergencies that happen in our lives. So this isn't legalistic and full of rules and regulations. It's important. It's a great principle to follow. We must follow it. But there are times where things happen in life and that's okay. It's not the end of the world. We reset. We find rest on another day, we get back into that healthy rhythm. And so as I close, it's my prayer that you would see the beauty and the wonder of the Sabbath rest, that you would see this incredible seven-day symbolism of work and rest that flows throughout Scripture, that finds its way, finds itself in Christ and His life, death, and resurrection, that you would see the entire biblical story all the way to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, and you would look towards eternal fullness, completeness for all eternity. So I'd love to pray for us. I'd love this to be something huge in our lives, something valuable, something that brings us towards Christ. I know God has this for you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we close off today, I want to thank you, Jesus, that you've created this Sabbath rest example. You've shown it to us in Genesis when you created the world. You've brought us to this place over time. You've shown it to us in Christ that ultimately you are the one who brings us rest, fullness, and completeness. But at the same time, that there are these important moments in the rhythm of life for us to, to unplug, to get away from the busyness of life, to, to refocus, reset, and fix our eyes on you. I pray as a church, Lord Jesus, that we would love this epic theme in your story of Sabbath rest, that we would grow in it, that we would we'd build into it, um, that it would become so much part of our everyday life. So trust you for that Lord Jesus Holy Spirit I pray you would touch us you would speak to us you would challenge us you would inspire us that it would be an, an incredible week ahead as we walk in your presence and in your rest God just come to Jesus today come if you're thirsty come if you're hungry that should be all of us every day and Jesus will bring rest in your powerful name we pray amen Amen. I just want to say thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for being part of God's family at Harvest. We love it. We love what God is doing. We're excited for the kingdom advance that he's bringing. We can't wait to see what he has in store. So um, we've, we've been sharing it at the different sites. But if you aren't serving yet, if you don't know where to serve, get in touch with us. Tell us more about how, we, um, uh, how your passions and your gifts and where we can serve more uh, or where we can each serve more and then we can run hard after God. We will show you places to get stuck in and uh, we can't wait to see what God has for you um, and for the church in Harare, Zimbabwe and beyond. Thanks so much and have a great day.